Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. The truth is, I've looked down that suicide tunnel when Stephen died and more especially when Graham died because I couldn't see a way forward for myself. What's kept me here is the fight to erase the stigma against mental health issues and suicide. Welcome to Grief Encounters with me, Sasha Hamrog. And I'm Venetia Quick. We're a weekly podcast that looks at an issue that affects us all and yet remains so difficult to talk about. We'll be chatting to guests from all walks of life on the subject of death and all that comes with it. Our main aim is to motivate, comfort and create a modern space for people to share their own experiences. Could you think of someone that could benefit in listening? Tell them about Grief Encounters out every single Tuesday. On this week's episode, we had the opportunity to speak with Karen Doherty. And Karen, very sadly, lost not just one son, but two sons to suicide. It's not an easy listen. It's uh, it was a hard thing to talk about for all of us, I think. She speaks about it so eloquently, something that and is... bravely. And bravely. Wow, <laughs> I have to say, like, I was mm. had to fight tears a few times during this but Karen was so stoic Mm. but yet compassionate at the Mm. same time it was quite outstanding I think to listen to Mm. Um, obviously suicide is a huge issue that's affecting nearly every single one of us through whether it be a family member or a friend or a colleague at the moment and I think it's very very important that if anything in all the episodes we've talked about listening that we need to start mm. listening among young males. It's just becoming so frequent yeah, and that I mean, we I think hear of this. It's really telling that we've had so many requests to do an episode mm. on suicide because so many people are affected by it. And, and just like you said, Venetia, if we don't start listening, but actually really listening, active listening, making sure that we're hearing what is going on and our especially young men, what are we doing for them in terms mm. of the mental health services in this country to help mm. them to help prevent this from happening to another family because and Karen speaks about it so you know she's so passionate about making sure that this country does change and that we create more support for families before it happens and and after as well yeah i mean i think also she touched on mindfulness mm. and i know that word is sort of bandied about a mm. lot at the moment it's sort of a bit of a buzzword but she is right and i see in a lot of schools sort of around age 8 they're starting to do more about mm. mindfulness and listening out and being more i suppose focused on people's feelings and how mm. you're feeling and i just think it's preventative rather Definitely. than yep you know, afterwards, it shouldn't come to a stage where somebody feels so desperate. Yeah. 
I mean, they, mindful- they don't see any way out. Of course. And mindfulness know. from a young age, I think what it does is that it teaches you that emotions come and go. So you can sit there with them for a second and realize you might feel sad and then yeah. you don't. And then you might feel angry and then you don't. Yeah. So to help people like process emotions a little bit better so that I mean imagine if we did that from when we can you imagine yeah. if we did that in school when we were kids we'd I'd probably, have a lot less grey hair <laughs> we'd probably be very different yeah. yeah and I mean I think it sort of shows you teaches you how not to stress the small stuff yeah. and really you know most of the stuff we stress on the day to day is the small stuff I it's know. not really relevant oh, for anyone that's grappling with guilt um, after losing someone they love to suicide Karen speaks a lot about that and, and how that's a big part of grief. In, and how it's a very that. different sort of grief yeah. um, to losing a loved one through illness mm. or in through an accident or in a different way. Suicide is the leading cause of death for young people, uh, both in Ireland and worldwide. Now, most prevalent in young men, it has devastated our guest family on two occasions, leaving her heartbroken and also looking for answers. Uh, Both of Karen Doherty's sons, Stephen and 22-year-old Graham Murray, took their own lives within three years of each other. And today she's here to speak to us about their story and her campaign to help other families. Karen, thank you so much for agreeing to talk to us today. Thank you for having me in. Suicide, I think, sadly, is something that is beginning to affect nearly every family in in Ireland at the moment. It's reckoned that for one suicide that there's a ripple effect that 135 people Mm. are affected by one person's suicide and it's not just family, it's friends, it's work colleagues, it affects everybody. Mm. Why is it, I mean, I think we're getting more and more aware that mental health needs to be taken more seriously in this country and my own opinion is there isn't enough uh, focus being given to mental health and enough um, funding towards it. Why is that when we see every week there's a different story of another young person taking their own life? Um, yes, and mainly as well, it's young men would would have the highest rates of suicide here in Ireland. Um, there's also been copycat suicides where a friend will die and then their friends will take their own lives. As In my case, it was when Stephen died, then because of the effect of his suicide that my youngest son, Stephen, or Graham, sorry, mm-hmm. took his own life then as well. The, there aren't enough resources out there. I mean, myself, I dealt with Console when they were here, when Stephen died, and I've been to Pieta House since Graham died, and they are fantastic, but they don't have the resources mm-hmm. to help everybody. Can There's a six-month waiting mm-hmm. list just, you know, to have um, bereavement counselling. Can you tell us, I mean, just so that our listeners can kind of know a little bit about your sons and who they were and I imagine that you never ever could have imagined something like this was going to happen. Well, funny enough with Stephen, we always thought that it was his addiction that would take his life. Stephen started smoking weed when he was in secondary school at 15 and by 17 he was in full-blown heroin addiction. And that was the path of his life until he was 30 when he died. He had been in treatment centres for the four years before he died and he'd been clean on and off. I also have, I had my son Graham and my daughter Rachel and they were only 11 and 4 when Stephen's addiction was prevalent. And it was very hard for them as well, you know, to see their brother. They grew up always knowing Stephen as the addict really. 
as I said, he went to treatment centres for four years before he died. And then the Christmas before he died, he relapsed very badly and he was using heroin, he was using crack, he was using tablets. And himself and myself fell out because I just said to him that I couldn't look at him doing this to himself anymore. And on the the June bank holiday weekend, on the 8th of June, he had his own one bedroom apartment in town. And he sat down and he wrote letters to us and said that he couldn't take it anymore, that he couldn't see a future for himself and that he wanted us all to be there for each other, that he was so sorry for, you know, what Mm -hmm. his addiction had done to our family. And he hung himself in his bedroom Mm -hmm. on on the June bank holiday weekend. We've had a lot of requests to do this episode because I think a lot of people have said to us that the grief that comes with suicide is quite different. It's very different and the main two issues are guilt and unanswered questions because every member of the family blames themselves. With Stephen, I blame myself because we weren't speaking. Rachel, my daughter, felt that she hadn't done enough for him. Mm. Graham and himself had had a, a small argument the week before and Graham blamed himself. And that had play, that played on Graham's mind on and off, you know, through the following two years. And then the unanswered questions, even though he'd written us a letter, you know, it's, it's very hard to comprehend that he couldn't see a way forward. I understand now. And that's why I would never be angry with the two of them because I understand so much more about mental health and, and you know, the effects that it actually has on the person. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. If you're looking for a safe haven to express how you feel, share articles, photos, and memories of your loved ones, join the Grief Encounters Facebook group, a place for support, 
compassion and empathy for those grieving. Just to stay with Stephen for the minute, you hear people, and I, like I totally disagree with this, but you hear people who possibly don't understand mental health yeah. very well and they hear somebody taking their own life and they go, oh, well, that's a very selfish act and how could they do that to their poor mother or their families mm. or, you know, well, isn't that... Obviously not understanding, like you have to be in a really, really dark place Absolutely. to go that far. Yeah. What would you say to those people that really just, they don't get it? Well, first of all, I hate the words commit suicide because well, my boys yeah, died exactly, by suicide. Exactly. They didn't do anything that was illegal. Yeah. Stephen was in a very, very dark place and to see no future for yourself at all. He actually sat down and planned his death because yeah. he sat down and he wrote those letters and afterwards his friends had told me that he'd made an attempt a couple of weeks before, but he'd stopped. Okay. Um for those friends then as well absolutely I'm a very very difficult for Stephen's friend Mark that actually found him on yeah. the Monday night and it's had devastating effect on him mm. as well you know as a mum who brings a child and we're all mothers here so yeah. we know you know you get pregnant you might have difficulty getting pregnant then you get pregnant you might have an easy difficult pregnancy you go through labour which is never an easy <laughs> thing for Five. anybody and then you go through all the different stages in life and you bring them up and you mm. bring your kids up as best as you can and you try really hard and they're foremost on your mind all the time. And you want the best And all you want them. is the yeah, best and yeah. you continually question yourself are you doing a good enough job? Are you doing the right thing? You double question yourself all the time. How hard is it then? This may be a stupid question but how hard is it then as a mother when that child that you've given everything to decides to take themselves out of the equation? I think the worst thing any mother can experience is to see their child lying in a coffin, mm. you know. Um, and the guilt is absolutely overwhelming. And I've had to work, do a lot of hard work on myself to actually overcome that guilt, you know, and to understand why he did it. Mm. Because I, I, if I hadn't done that work, I don't think I'd be here today. And the truth is, I've looked down that suicide tunnel Mm-hmm. when Stephen died and more especially when Graham died because mm-hmm. I couldn't see a way forward for myself and what's kept me here is the fight to erase the stigma against mental health issues and suicide but also for my daughter and my two-year-old granddaughter to show them that there is a way forward that you know we are here mm-hmm. for a reason and I think my daughter when, when Stephen died didn't understand that and the two of us fought constantly because the guilt was eaten us yeah. both up. But you take it out on the one you love as Absolutely, well. Absolutely, but now case. she has a two-year-old daughter and she completely understands mm. herself what it is to be a mother, you know. Mm. Can we talk about the guilt side of this? Because a lot of times guilt, the way people, the way guilt comes out can be really, really scary damaging things. I, I can remember I went back to work two weeks after Stephen died. I was crazy, but I thought it was the right thing to do at the time. And I can remember coming home from work on the Friday of the first week and I literally had to crawl into bed and I've never experienced anything like it was like pure animal pain, you know, that just literally rises up and I was begging my husband to help me. But there was nothing he could do, you know, but that was all the guilt. I've never experienced anger ever. Mm. And never been angry and people say there's you know the different stages in grief but anger has never been one of mine mm. yeah but that's because I think grief is just so unique and yeah. I think especially in your case it's just such a different yeah well and especially yeah. they say with, with suicidal deaths that you know the anger is overwhelming but 
and she'll be directed at the boys but I've never been angry How could you yeah absolutely yeah. Yeah. and as a mother that, that compassion that you feel for yeah. your children absolutely. where you would forgive them for anything so I, ultimately I, all I can think about is the actual mental anguish that they were going through yeah. at the time that they they took their own lives you so know? Graham was 22 Graham took a completely different path in life to Stephen. He, when Stephen died, he threw himself into college. He was studying to be a software developer. Motorbikes were his life. He had three motorbikes and he had a huge big circle of friends. He qualified from NCI with the highest degree in the 30 year history of the college. Mm. He got his dream job with Workday here in Dublin. Started in the July of 2017. They sent him out to San Francisco to work for two weeks. Mm. When he came home and it was his birthday, um, he had his friends out to swords to his dad's house on the Friday night. Then he was out in Lucan at a party on the Saturday night and I collected him on the Sunday morning. And he came home and he was agitated. He was up and down the stairs. He couldn't sleep. My family came out for a dinner for his birthday and he was very quiet. And when they went home, he was still agitated. And about nine o'clock that night, I said to him, Graham, what's going on? You're mm. driving me mad. You're up and yeah. down the stairs. And he just said to me, Mum, I was smoking weed at the weekend and I just feel so anxious and I can't settle. And because of Stephen's situation, I had a, a zero tolerance on drugs and I ripped into him. Yeah. And then I felt guilty and I went back up to him and I got into bed with him. And the two of us lay there for about two hours and we chatted away and he just, he had come to console when Stephen died, but he left after three sessions mm. because he couldn't speak about his death. And he said to me, I think I need to go back to counselling because I need to talk about Stephen. And he talked about, you know, when my first marriage broke up and he mm. talked about that. And he he seemed more positive when I left him and he said, yep, I'm definitely going to, you know, to go to Pieta House. And on the Monday morning, he got up and he said, I still don't feel great. What I'm going to do is go back to sorts, work from home. And... Um, you know, I'll give you a buzz later. I rang him at lunchtime and he said to me, I just, I still, I'm not right. And I said to him, Graham, drink loads of water, mm. eat something, get all that crap out of your system. And I fell asleep for half an hour. And when I woke up, he'd phoned me twice and we never missed a call from each other. And I phoned him back 10 times on the, his mobile. Mm. I phoned him back in the house phone, no answer. And I knew Graham was mm. gone too because mm. I knew Stephen died before anybody else knew. Because mm -hmm. it was a gut, It was gut just, gut they say that the umbilical cord has never cut. Yeah. I knew Stephen was dead yeah. on the Monday morning. When you have a grief that you're, you're always going to have with Stephen throughout your yeah. whole life and then something like this happens, in those first initial kind of days and weeks, was the grief quite different? Um, it was a lot stronger because I had PTSD because I actually found Graham. I drove over the motorway, over the M50, and I went to Rachel's job to get the key to the house. And I went out and I found Graham hanging in his bike shop between his two bikes. So I had that to deal with as well. Mm. But at the beginning, you're kind of in a, a bubble. You know, there's so much going on and, and you're literally in a, in a haze. You don't really know what's going on. It's in the weeks afterwards when people move away and there's no counselling. There's nothing there for you that it really hits then. Yeah. It does, doesn't yeah. it? Like it is. I think that's, we've discovered that through, uh, that's universal mm -hmm. in grief, that the first few weeks are a blur, everybody's there. It's almost like there's this sort of reunion type party atmosphere, yeah. not atmosphere, but like that sort of Everybody wants around. to reach Everybody's out there yeah. and yeah. it's also people come home that you haven't seen for, for ages or friends or whatever. And then a couple of months later, 
reality kicks in and your sort of blur tends to diminish and you have to do reality. Yeah. You went back to work two weeks after Stephen had died. What was the aftermath after Graham then? I actually couldn't face going back to work. Yeah. I worked in IT and it was a very stressful, you know, pressurised yeah. job. And I literally knew that I couldn't pick a phone up and speak to a client. All I wanted to do was stay in the house. Mm. I didn't want to get dressed. I didn't want to go out. Um, when people rang me, I was trying to fob them off, you know, because I literally, I didn't know what was going on in my head. So I couldn't speak to them and tell them what was going on. The only thing that I did do is what I'd learned in console when Stephen died. I had to try and put into place to help myself. I rang Pieta House two weeks afterwards and they told me that it was a six month waiting list, oh you know, to actually go to bereavement yeah. counselling. There was but nothing else. Yeah, yeah, but I'm sort of wondering as well about like the preventative counselling, the preventative for people who are in this frame of mind who just can't see beyond mm. taking their own life. Where is the help for them there is so they don't get to that stage? There is help out there for them, but yeah. because of the stigma around mental health issues, people are too afraid to reach out. They don't want to talk about what's going on. We had no idea at all that there was issues with Graham and he was very good at covering it up. Mm. and he was the life and soul of the party he got out there he was always first up for everything that was going on he did a great job in covering up and men especially don't want Mm. to speak about these problems there is help out there for them definitely teenagers especially at the moment that the issues that are going on with them they have so many pressures in life Mm. Pieta House are actually looking after more teenagers, I think, at the moment than they are bereaved parents and family. Yeah. I think you're absolutely incredible because when you, you really are. You, you mentioned the work and yeah. putting the work in. And that's actually such an important part of the puzzle. Yeah. Um, because when you're broken, putting work in seems I had really no, well, hard. What I actually did when I rang Pieta House and after two weeks and there was nothing for me, I got up at six o'clock one morning and I took my laptop out. And all I could think about was writing. And I started mm. writing from about the day that Stephen was born Mm -hmm. and I used to write for six and seven hours every day and it hurt, it killed me but it was like a therapy, you know, Mm. to keep writing because to say yes, they did exist, they Mm. did have lives, they were children. Stephen, even though he was an addict, he was a child, addiction didn't just define his Mm. life and it's it's become a memoir now and I'm hoping that I will get it published. Mm. You know, just to say to people that there is life after suicide, It's hard. It's not Mm. easy. I'm not going to say that it is. I had a choice. I could sit down and die. I could have taken my own life, but I have so much more, Mm. you know, to give and to live for than that. And it's not easy. There are days that Mm. it's it's not easy to be here, but I know how to get through them, you know. Yeah. There's people listening to you now who are probably like in the same situation, maybe not losing two kids, but they've lost somebody in a similar way. What would you say to them? And they're they're finding it very difficult to to rebuild and put the pieces back together. Mm. What's the first step? What's the what's I think the first the resolve step, to the first step is to be kind to yourself. Don't do what other people expect of you because yeah. that's what I did when Stephen died and I went back to work mm. and it took me so much longer to come back up again. I decided I was going to look after myself. I couldn't take on my husband's grief, my daughter's, my mother's, their dad's grief, just my own start talking to people. It doesn't matter if they don't understand what you're saying, just start talking. Yeah. I looked on the internet for, I found lots of fantastic groups on Facebook, mm-hmm. you know, that have forums and that you could get on and speak to other people. 
obviously I went to Pieta House for six months. Even my counsellor was absolutely fabulous. You know, there was days that I wouldn't have got by without yeah. her. Just keep reaching out yeah. all the time. Look for somebody that will, will be there for you. Yeah. And what about the people that are listening that know somebody who's lost somebody? What would you say to them? Just be there for them. You'll never understand their grief, but you can just be there for them. Don't push them to do anything. Mm. Just let them know that if they need you, no matter what time or day or night it is, that you'll be there to Mm. talk and that you're there for them. In terms of the conversation with young men and and mental health, I think the conversation probably needs to happen when they're much younger than it's happening. So from like boys, right? Because what seems to be the case is that young boys are being given really wrong messages from when they're very young about, and they always have a bit strength and, and, and um, masculinity and all these things. And then that toxic masculinity leads to them not being able to talk about how they feel. Well, they're told to man up that yeah. it's not okay for boys to cry. When in fact, it's perfectly okay <laughs> yeah. for boys to cry, you know. And I probably, Graham cried his eyes out when Stephen died, but he still managed to internalise his grief, you know, and that's what peop- men do. They internalise everything, whereas women will talk yeah. and talk. Um, but I think that's the difference, isn't it? That women do talk yeah. and they do tend to listen mm. as well. Yeah. Whereas I think with guys, sometimes it sort of becomes there might be one in a group who wants to talk. There's maybe one in a group who's happy to listen, but the other person doesn't talk. And yeah. I think it's just getting that message out that everybody needs to listen. Well my big thing at the moment is that I think that all children should be taught mindfulness from a very early age in school so that they know they're able to look out for their friends and if they think maybe that there's something wrong with one they can tell a teacher or a parent you know so that it's caught at an early age because we're all great for covering up everything how are you today I'm grand not bother you know Mm. and that's the real Irish thing I'm grand Mm. I mean we've talked as well about like people being very mindful of milestones when somebody loses somebody. How are you with all the days in between where you might just be somewhere and one of them pops into your mind? And they pop does. into my mind all the time. Yeah. The worst thing for me is You've both. birthdays and anniversaries yeah. and it was hard enough when it was Stephen's but now, but now like Stephen's anniversary's in June his birthday's in October Graham's birthday is November two days later it's his anniversary Graham died five weeks before Christmas mm. and my daughter to try you know to do something for us all she did Christmas for us that year and it just went by yeah. in an absolute haze mm. you know yeah. and we did it for my granddaughter but um, all these things and you'll find yourself as it's coming up to the anniversaries it's on your mind all the mm. time you know you mm. can feel yourself getting anxious mm. and so what we try to do is I scattered Stephen's ashes down in Glendalock on his first anniversary. So to make nice memories, mm. we go to Glendalock and we have a picnic oh, and, yeah, you know, nice. we bring flowers yeah. down and throw them into mm. the lake. Graeme loved fire and lights. Mm. And so yeah. for his first anniversary this year, we went to the wild lights and the zoo. Oh, wow. So, you know, to try and make mm. nice yeah. memories, you know. Mm. And as you mentioned, you're still here. Yeah. And you have this relationship with your daughter. Yeah. I have to imagine that bond is really, really strong. Absolutely. And even more so since she's had Lila as well. But um, she's incredible. She's, I mean, it's been so hard for her as well. She's Mm. lost both her brothers. And when there's a suicide in the family, everybody immediately think of the parents and the siblings kind of get left behind, you know. Mm. She's absolutely brilliant, but... She will talk to me and she's only started to talk since Graham died. When Stephen died, she was the same. 
put it to the back of her mind and got on with her life. But she realises now that she can't do that. She's not ready to go to counselling. She may never mm. be ready, but at least she's talking. It mm. took her a year to put Graham's picture in her house because she was so angry with him. Mm. Because she felt that he knew what we had gone through with Steve and, and she was so angry that then he went and did that again, you know. Mm. But I mean, I understand and she's un- starting to understand now as well. Plus, she has Lila to keep her going yeah. every day, you know. Yeah. And that is an amazing thing. Yeah. There's little kids involved. Yeah. You don't have a choice. You have to get up. But she came at to. the right time for all of us. And yeah. she's the centre of our world, you know. Yeah. What would you like to happen? What would you like to see change in this country? Well, I would like to see the government be more involved in funding Pieta House. We need more Pieta Houses, Mm. 10, 20 Pieta Houses. Uh, At the moment, I'm working with Community Action and Suicide in Clondalk and I approached them in November because there's actually nowhere in in Dublin really that there's there's hug and there's you know different agencies but somewhere in Clondalk and where people can come not to sit down and have counselling but a friendship group a peer to peer mm-hmm. group and they've been absolutely fantastic and it's in the planning stages now at the mm. moment um, just for people to come and say you know you can talk about your children your friends if you want mm. to we, we'll do different things together if you want to do a talk one week or we might go out for a walk the next just to be there together and if somebody's having a bad day to know that they can pick up the phone and you know there'll be somebody there to chat them chat to them Mm -hmm. instead of waiting Mm -hmm. for six months and we've talked to so many people as well who've lost people and they've again looked to changing things and advocacy and whatever in a way of channeling their grief Mm -hmm. and I suppose finding it therapeutic and making sure their kids lives weren't in vain or for nothing and to make sure that you know to try and help other families but to try and help families not have to go through this again yes it's fantastic for me but it's definitely a mission that I'm on and I feel the pair of them on my shoulder pushing me on to do it and as long as I can I will thank you so much for joining us thank you deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.